When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in. This is the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that code CHGO that we tell you about every day to live your bet life and get up to $2,000 in free bets. What's going on? Happy Friday, everyone. Adam Hogue here alongside Will DeWitt. It's a Friday, so Will is with us. And apparently it's a Friday, so Nick is gone. Nick is not here today. (laughs) So it's the two of us today. Looking forward to it. Will, what's going on? Oh, a lot whoa, is going whoa, whoa. on. It, time out. Will, uh, oh, Nick, I already see Nick. You can't drop in the comments if you're going to take the day off, like in the first nope. two seconds of the show. Nope. Like, that's fishy, Nick. What are you actually doing? Like, you right. can comment, but, like, the fact that you had to be first here. I don't know. I think you should just pop in and talk now <laughs> right. as we're at it. But, yeah, Adam, a lot's going on as we kind of talk pre-show here at the home. Uh, personal health and some ear that I can't hear out of with an infection, mold growing oh, no. because of storms, all oh. that not fun stuff going on over here. But you're outside, which I say is impressive yeah. because you've been outside all week. Are you just, like, a glutton for punishment or what? Well, it's a little bit nicer today. The uh, temperature's down to a nice 81, which is a little <laughs> bit more tolerable. Um, yeah, I honestly just felt like, let's just finish the week outside. You know? I like it, though. It's a beautiful blue sky behind you. It's a good backdrop. I still have to use the virtual one, which is probably really needed today with a bunch of just furniture that's getting thrown around the house throughout this yeah. week. But, yeah, it's still, like, in the 90s down here, and uh, humid is all get out, so I'm going to yeah. stay in the A.C., well, I'm sorry you're dealing with all that. That's not fun. At least the stuff we're dealing with at our house this week is by choice. Um, still has made things very difficult this week, but we've gotten through it, and we appreciate everyone's patience as well. I, I just uh, like that, uh, that, Adam, your backdrop, it's like it almost looks like you're on a lake because there's that little uh, sailboat on the I am on a lake. There. We're up at the uh, – that's you, Fox Lake. Oh, you are on a yeah. lake. Yeah, yeah. It's the weekend. No We're living the lake yeah, life. It, uh, yeah, that's uh, Sean Anderson of uh, CHJ White Talks lives that lake life. Yeah. Uh, See, we, yeah, like we, a, Sean and I need to get together and collaborate on that. Yeah, especially if you have a boat because he wants to buy a boat. Oh, he wants to be a boat yes. guy. Uh, what's is that? A red light over your uh, right shoulder there? Also, that like, is like, so. Is that a bug light? What is going on there? Um, no, so if you saw the other side of the corner, there's also a green light. Those would be like oh, your navigation. Port and starboard. Yes, exactly. Uh, tell me, which is red and which is green? I've always I, wondered this. <laughs> I did not I did not put those in, by the way. They were here previously. Um, but sure. they're kind of useful at nighttime, I guess. Um, the, uh, which, what do you mean, which is port and which is starboard? Which light is which yeah, one? Red is which. Uh, red is goes which. on the uh, port side and green is on the uh, starboard side. Yeah, I th- that's what I was thinking in my head, but I always forget. Yeah. And... Uh, and then most people don't know that the whole point of those are um, 
so that if you are approaching a boat, if you can see the green side, that means you have the right of way. If you see the red side, that means that boat has the right of way. Oh. You'd be surprised how many people who like are actually out on boats have no idea of any of this stuff. Really, boaters classes should be required. CHGO but, uh, Boats with Adam Hogue. I could go into a whole story that we don't have time for right now, but we actually rescued some people that were in trouble on a jet ski the other day. Okay. All like, right. That, wow. did, that, did, that did not know how to swim. It's oh, like, no. you don't know how to swim. Ski? I'm you not do. sure you should be on a jet ski to start with. Hey, you know, that, I, that's I, the point. Quick, yeah. quick note here. Uh, yes. th- this guy Hendrix in the chat. Yeah. Hendrix, you say this every day to us. Section CHO off in the annual <laughs> Okay, here comes I'm more. sorry, man. I can't do it. CHO Sports is one full YouTube channel. I mean, maybe in year two, we might be able to do that. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to enjoy all of our teams. Okay, we got CHO Bulls. We got CHO Blackhawks. We got White Sox, Cubs, Red Stars was today. Bats, Sky, Fire. It's okay, man. Okay? I understand what you're saying. Just please, I get it. I can't do anything about it. I'm sorry. Thank you. All right. And there's Lawrence with the, you know. I'm sorry. It's just like every day, Hendrix. I get it, man. I can't do anything about it. And I'm with you. I mean, like, I understand, like, it, but it's not that hard to scroll through. Yeah. Which shows you want to watch. Just don't watch it then. Okay, bro? Yeah. That's fine. Well, we would like you to keep watching this one. That'd well, yeah. Good. Keep watching all, Bears, actually, and then just don't watch the other ones. Yeah. No. That's, yeah, exactly. I'm sure he um, just wants the notifications and wishes that you can opt in or out of this yes, notification, I get, which yeah. I wish YouTube would allow. Yeah. Uh, so I, I totally get that. But Gatsby, are you ready to talk some Bears minicamp? Recap it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Get me out of here. Let's talk about this <laughs> BS that's happening in the national media. Yeah, okay, uh, Aaron Rodgers. That's um, right. We're going to start with yeah. that, aren't we? Well, Will, why don't you whiteboard this for us a little bit? Because this was kind of going on, trickling through the social medias yesterday uh, as we were wrapping up Bears minicamp. I'm kind of seeing these tweets like, oh, here comes uh, another hot take on ESPN. How and It's about the Bears. And, and this has been the season of shitting on the Bears, right? Like it, sure it has, has been all offseason. Uh, some of it deserved, some of it not. I think what was a little bit surprising here was maybe the source of it. And then the thing I didn't know until this morning, until you sent me a clip, is this actually came from or started with Justin Fields' very honest comments the other day about admitting that the offense is not ready, which is the opposite of a hot take. It's just a very right. cold take that uh, isn't even a take. It's just the truth about where they are and where they should be right now in a new offense, a second-year quarterback with a bunch of new players. And somehow this devolved into uh, a conversation about whether or not Justin should have said that, I, I don't, which right. I, it was weird to me. I don't know. It's all strange, but yet again, it's June 17th. I only expect strange NFL talk to be happening at this stage of the year. Adam, but yeah, yesterday, Lewis Riddick, of all people, was on ESPN on Get Up, and here's a screenshot that we got from John Buffone, and oh, that's a scary sound in the background. I don't know. I was worried that that might happen. Some very, speaking of boats, some, some people that really like to have really loud boats, which I'm not a fan of, but then they come whizzing by. Sorry, continue. No, you're good. And it came on the same exact time that Lawrence put on a screenshot. So I thought yeah. maybe the uh, Mr. Producer was behind the sound. <laughs> I was like, that's a strange one to use. Nope, but not uh, me. You know, that's not not, me. Uh, 
I don't make those calls here, but yeah. So Lewis Riddick, here's his screenshot. Uh, he had a right or wrong answer to choose, and uh, the prompt that they gave him was, "You know, will the Bears be the worst team in the NFL this season?" And he said, "Right, like the Bears will be uh, the worst team in the league." And then they also talked about Justin uh, in that show as well, like you said, Adam, and kind of mentioned about his comments saying, "Hey, you know, the offense isn't where it needs to be. We still have a lot of work to do." And I, I know a few on the panel said. You know, in these instances, like maybe you should lie and tell us, you know, the things that we want to hear. And I don't get that at Let's all. Not tell like, the players to lie to us. No, we I want like, the damn truth. Hey. Yeah, we were all like, hey, this is a, it was a very normal, obvious, honest comment. And we here in Chicago, we all applauded him for yeah. it. And it honestly wasn't even that big of a deal. And then this is the stuff that blows up nationally, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we should be telling Justin Fields not to be honest about where the offense is. We're, we're, if anything, those of us that have been able to watch practices, and we've talked a lot about this on the show, we've seen that they're not ready. So if he were to get up there and tell us the opposite, I think that actually would have been a bigger problem. Don't you agree? Yeah, and I, he got ripped on last preseason for stating the game was slow, and that even got taken slightly out of context at the yep. you know in the national level too. So we're kind of used to this. But, yeah, like you said – I would want him to tell us where it's at and you have eyeballs on it. It would be, you know, crazy for him to come out and say, yeah, like we're on track. We're right where this offense could be. We can play a game tomorrow. Like that's obviously not the case, but I think the bigger point here that we need to dispute though is Riddick when he had that prompt saying, you know, right, like the bears will be the worst team in the league. And we've had, I'd say very similar discussions over the past couple of months here on the show saying like why we don't believe they will be, you know, the number one pick in the draft, the absolute worst team. And, you know, I can get it when you look at it, like the offensive line, very unproven. The wide receiver core is too. We lost a ton of star power in Chicago that hasn't been replaced. There's a new offense to learn, new defense to learn, a first time play caller in the Getsy. So from the outside, Adam, I get that it doesn't look pretty, but at the same time, I don't think it's as bad as people were trying to make it out to be. Yeah, I mean, okay. So I have a couple of things here that, that I wanted to discuss on this. I mean, one is I don't agree with it. I mean, if you were, if I was on that panel and you're saying right or wrong, Bears will be the worst team in the league, I would have said wrong. Um, and that's been well documented at this point. I've, my early, early prediction, which definitely will change once we see more of training camp in the preseason, was to say they're eight and nine. I think they'll actually be you know, a couple wins better. They won six games last year. However, um, I guess I can also see where some of these national takes are coming from, okay? Because if you are outside of Chicago and not really following some of the specific positions, you know, the way that we do, the way we get to watch practice, the way we get to talk about it and break it down on a daily basis – like, I'll give you one example. If you sure. were to just be, like, f paying attention nationally to what's happened at left tackle so far this offseason, okay? You had Jason Peters, one of the best to ever do it, and he actually played pretty well last year. So you're moving on from him. And you have Tevin Jenkins first, who struggled through his rookie season, had back – well, he had back surgery, missed most of his rookie season, then came back and then didn't look all that good yep. um, in a couple nationally televised games. Okay. Then – and you're saying, okay, we're rolling with him as the left tackle, it looks like, in the offseason. And within a few weeks of OTAs, he's bumped down in the second team, and you have a fifth-round rookie from Southern Utah 
who didn't even play in that good of a program at the FCS level, now up there at left tackle. I'm just using this as a specific example, and I think there's a lot of examples that you can kind of parachute in from the outside and look at and be like, well, wait a minute, what's going on there? How could they possibly be better and at left tackle and be putting Justin Fields in position to have success as he goes into his second year? And, I, and then the same thing with, like, the weapons. And I think we all agree that the wide receivers – don't look that great right now. Yeah. I think the thing that we, I think the thing here where I end up differing, Will, is I think there's so many areas that from last year that tend to be overrated. Like, I agree that the wide receivers don't look that good right now. Like, but as they didn't unit. last year. They were awful last year. Yeah, exactly. Except Darnell Mooney. Like, it, all this, okay, they lost Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson's a good player. I think he's going to continue to be a good player for the Rams, but compared to last year, he didn't do anything last year. Nope. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and is it conceivable that Byron Pringle can give you more than Demir Bird or Marquise Goodwin gave you? Yes. Absolutely. That's conceivable. So I think that's where, like, people are forgetting how bad it really was last season when they try to do this comparison and say that the Bears are automatically worse. Yeah, and you haven't mentioned the much easier schedule yet that the Bears will have this season. Yep. Uh, the, you haven't even mentioned coaching yet, and I still believe in my gut that the coaching is going to make all the difference in the world with this team, that culture that they're, they've been raving about throughout this week at minicamp. Like, this team's going to be a fighting team. They're not going to be a team uh, that rolls over, you know, any week. They're going to be one that fights tooth and nail, you know, with the odds against them. I, I have that feeling. You still have David Montgomery in this offense. They're implementing a widely known successful rushing scheme here in Chicago. And I think something that's overlooked, too, as you mentioned, when you talk about the specifics, it's just the role players. Like, there aren't many stars right now, but all these players are serviceable. They'll play their roles, and they're not going to ask, I don't think, too much uh, of any one player. Like, the offense will go through multiple guys, and that may change week to week, and that's going to be something that helps replace some of that star power. We have those rookies in the secondary that I think people are sleeping on a bit, too. I know Gordon didn't get to practice this week. So if they play to a high level, like, that secondary could be sneaky good uh, on the back end of this defense. And then the other item that I wanted to highlight here that I think is going to help this Bears team overall win more games compared to last season as well as not be the worst team in the NFL is just the emphasis on the turnovers, right? Tied for fourth, at least in the NFL with only 16, and they need to take care of the football better. Uh, they were tied for second uh, in terms of margin, in terms of the worst margin last year, in NFL turnover margin at negative 13. And we know it's been an emphasis to turn it around. Look at the Colts last year, second most takeaways in the league, 33, tied for the best turnover margin at a plus 14. Give the offense some short fields to work with, skill some possessions. That's an easy winning formula. I remember Levy Smith saying it. You get two takeaways a game, your chances skyrocket when it comes to actually winning that football game. So for me, you know, all those reasons, the turnovers, the youth on this team, the coaching, the culture, the easier schedule, like, all those add up to something other than the worst team in the NFL. We don't know exactly how high that bar is going to be set, how far this team will go. I just don't accept, uh, I don't expect them to fail to the regard that, you know, Riddick said yesterday. I also think it's conceivable that you can just be better on offense with a better scheme, even uh -huh, if the players 100%. overall are worse. You know what I mean? And, 
I don't know. I, I, at some point, I feel like we talk in circles constantly defending some of this stuff, but it's if Justin, if you believe in Justin Fields, they should be better. Like sometimes you can just say it's that simple. Yep. And again, was the offensive line good last year? No. No. So yeah, I know they lost Jason Peters, but Jason Peters probably not a, the best fit for this scheme that they're trying to run the outside zone anyway. So. I, even if they had to go out and get a veteran, which they haven't done at the tackle spot yet, I don't necessarily know that it would even be Jason Peters that they would call again. Um, it, there was another comment up there about all the players the Bears have lost. And, like, uh, let's see, where did that one go? Uh, J2K, Larsonite. We lost so much talent. Jason Peters, Mack, Hicks, Goldman. I agree with you that that's good. T- like, that's a lot of talent. But – Peters was good last year. I'll give you that. And, and, but I also don't, like I just said, I don't think he's the best fit for this scheme. The other three, Mac didn't even play half the season. Okay. He's obviously a very good player, but we're just trying to compare this to like, are they going to be better or worse than last year? And Mac wasn't out there most of the time. Hicks was very good when he was still playing, but you couldn't rely on him either. Eddie Goldman was a shell of himself of what he used to be. And that's been the case. He didn't even play the year before. Nope. So really, how big of a loss is that one? I think, so no one's sitting here saying that without those players, this is going to be a good football team. No one's sitting here saying like, they're going to win the NFC North. But I think what we're trying to do is to tell you, they won six games last year. And I think it's hard to argue that they're actually worse I know there's a lot of roster turnover, but I don't think that they're worse. I'm not saying they're better, but the scheme should be better, the coaching should be better, and the schedule's easier. Like, yep. that's what's kind of getting lost in all that. Exactly. Again, even if, say, here's, like, the talent levels. I'm, I'm on screen. I'm not going to do that. Or but, like, even if the gap was slightly wide, like, saying last year the team was slightly more talented overall, which I think we can agree maybe the word is, like, the potential for talent there was higher. Good coaching will overcome that gap. Like, that's what good coaching does. Maximizes your player skill sets and gets the most out of your guys. And that's something that Matt Nagy and his coaching staffs, like, they were never able to do. And that's something I expect Coach Ibraflus and his, you know, group of coaches to uh, be able to kind of maximize that potential of the roster that they have here in front of them. They've mentioned that. They're talking about it. I think the emphasis on hustle intensity, the whole hits philosophy is going to help kind of tap into that, too, uh, as well. And, you mentioned it too, Adam, in terms of like scheme being better. And I agree with you, it is. But equally as important, I think play calling being better will help this offense just as much. I know Luke Getzi's unproven, but with what we saw over the past couple of years with Nagy too, like it can't get much worse than what we saw there as well. So if that's better, plus the scheme, those are two huge pluses to help Justin in the second year. Yeah. And again, the, the conversation here is really just about whether or not the Bears would be the worst team in the league. And they're not. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really what it is. And um, I also want to say quickly about Lewis Riddick. Like, I really like Lewis Riddick, and I don't think that he's uh, – I've seen some comments on Twitter, a bunch of things like, oh, he's just mad that the Bears didn't hire him as GM. I don't think that that's the case at all. He He's pretty good at his job, and he's allowed to have his opinions too. Um, and like I said earlier, like, I could see how some people outside Chicago can look at what's happened here and been like – well, they haven't really done much. I just think they're kind of forgetting how bad things actually were last year. 
for a team that still managed to win six games. Yeah. So that, that's pretty. All right. Will has not been here us uh, Monday um, while we were covering mini camp this week. So we want to give him a chance to kind of jump in with what he's seen this week. And he wants to ask me some questions to kind of go back and recap uh, some of the offseason program overall. But uh, do quickly want to tell you that the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And that's not it. If you make a $50 more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. And if you see an edge in the game you're watching, is your favorite team primed for a comeback? They switched this thing up on me, guys. We've been reading the same. We've been reading <laughs> hey, the same read for so long, and all the sudden, NBA yeah, ended hey, last NBA, night. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I did. I hosted the bets show this morning. Yeah. So I was the first one, and I'm I'm in the middle of reading it, and it was the old one still. And I'm like. Wait a minute. The NBA is over. Why am I reading about the yeah. live same game NBA parlays? And the, so the, then I, I, I talked to Parker, our ad guy, who's yeah. actually here in Chicago today only. Oh, and nice. uh, apparently he's talked points bet. We got a new ad read. You're our first, yeah. first ad read reader. <laughs> well, good, good job by, by you, Lawrence. Um, I was actually, as I was reading this, thinking that the NBA was over and I was going to have to change this in my head, but I wasn't expecting it to actually be different. <laughs> so then I got to the different copy and I was like, wait a minute. This doesn't you're, actually You're work. rocking it. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. You got so anyway, this. Uh, this is good because we've been hearing the same thing every day. So do you see an edge in any game you're watching? Is your favorite team primed for a comeback? Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. There's more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. See why consumers say PointsBet has been the fastest with their live bets. Download the PointsBet app right now. Use promo code CHGO. Download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish all from your phone. We can still clean this up a little bit, guys. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Ooh, yeah. Whoa. Okay, we're getting into crisis counseling. Okay. Yeah, we, I, we're gonna, yeah, I'll uh, talk to it, Parker. It's a day no, one no, it's, of this new ad yeah, read. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, if I was doing my job correctly, I would have gone through that before the show started. But it's been the same damn read for like <laughs> two months. So I was, that was a curveball I wasn't expecting. We move on. We move on. And I have to tell everyone about Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen friendly, no gluten or dairy, and easily digestible. I know when I go to the gym and I'm working out, I've had issues in the past with different like protein powders, it's really upset my stomach. I have a lot of food allergies and honestly, it's really hard to know what you're getting and some of that stuff. 
Luckily, I did find Owen years ago, and I'm glad that we're partnering with them now because they are you know, top-notch with all the ingredients that they put in. They're easy on my stomach, easily digestible, as I just mentioned. I've never had any problems with it. And by the way, like it tastes delicious. Upstairs, I have, I think, chocolate peanut butter, 30 grams of protein, put over some ice. It's really refreshing, especially in you know the heat that we're having right now as well. And you know we heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who also follows a plant-based diet. In Owen and CHGO, we have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with the code CHGO20. That's CHGO20 at liveowen.com to get 20% off your first purchase. So join me and Justin Fields and try Owen, only what you need. All right. Um, Will, I'm going to let you run the show here for a little bit. You, you, uh, let me know what you want to recap from uh, the Bears mini camp or farther into OTAs, and uh, certainly want to let you chime in on anything you saw this week as well, uh, following along. Sounds great. Yeah, it feels good to kind of get thrust into the hosting chair here for uh, just a few minutes here. And obviously, I didn't see shit. <laughs> like you were the one at <laughs> practice, so I'm but I meant like the coverage you saw and any reactions you had to some some of the stuff. I got you. No, I'm actually wanting to just kind of maybe gain a a little bit more insight. I'm going to approach this segment like I didn't hear much, and I just want to know, like, if I missed anything, like, what do fans need to know from minicamp this week in kind of a quick hit form here? So I I heard about Justin Fields. I did see things about him today. You know, day one wasn't great, but he followed that with a very strong performance on day two, and I think day three was classified as good. So when you look at all three days, Adams, I want to know, did Justin fare, you know, better than expected or kind of where you're anticipating or somewhere in between? Like, how would you assess his work, you know, body of work overall for the three days? So I think as a whole, the offense is sort of where I expected, which is, yeah, they need a lot more work. Like Justin Fields said, um, the thing that I think has been a confused a little bit, and maybe I just haven't good, but, you know, been doing a good enough job of, of conveying my thoughts um, because I think some people are taking it like, you know, I'm giving up on Justin Fields or I'm really concerned. I, and I'm not because I still believe in the kid. I, I'm just, I was expecting to see more days in the off season like we saw Wednesday and Wednesday to paint the picture for you. The dude was lights out. Like he was the Justin Fields that I'm not saying I expect to see every day just more of like feeling it, putting the place in the ball. The timing was great. The accuracy was great. Uh, his receivers weren't always making the plays for him. Bayless Jones Jr. had back-to-back drops on balls that he had to go up and get. Um, right. One, they might argue, wasn't a drop because they technically called pass interference on it, but I didn't agree with that call. I thought it was either way. I thought it was a ball he should have caught. Um, but the point there is that the quarterback was putting it where it should be. And then he responded, you know, he responded to the first drop, which was a clear drop the, to put the next ball in another spot where it could have been caught. And then that play didn't get made. So he responded with that, with a deep touchdown to Dante Pettis. Like that's a quarterback kind of overcoming his teammates, not yep. making the plays. That's the quarterback that we all think Justin Fields will be. Um, and so the only disappointing thing I think for me in the whole offseason program, it's just that we didn't see enough of those days. But again, I say this every time. It's not completely fair because we didn't get to see all the practices. 
So right. for all I know, for the couple weeks out there in OTAs where we saw the bad days, the other two days that week could have been great. There could have been more practices. And that's where I think they're doing a little bit of a disservice by not letting us watch them all. Um, you know, but they're not required to and they don't have to, so that's fine. But I just feel like sometimes they put the players in a position to be unfairly criticized because we can't see the full picture, and I wish we could. Um, So anyway, that's sort of my answer to that. I I think the overall, the offense has a lot of work to do. I was really happy to see that practice Wednesday. In fact, when we recorded Hogan John's Wednesday morning, I said that on the pod. I'm like, hey, maybe this will be the day that he just – lights it up and that's pretty much what he did so and i thought it was very noticeable the smile on maddie burfus's face when he was asked about his quarterback's day you could tell that it was uh you know a legitimately a good day that that made them all pretty happy uh that's good to hear uh so i wrote it down every day before a game at least you have to do a hogan john to say yeah be justin is gonna <laughs> light it up here today uh that may be you know the secret sauce you mentioned a name though that I was big on when the Bears signed him later this offseason. That was Dante Pettis. Uh, I know they signed him and Tajay Sharp at the same time, and I, I kind of put my hand in you know, the, the Pettis basket here saying, like, that's the guy. If anyone can maybe break out, uh, he's that. Did he do anything else other than that one flash throughout these three days that people should know about? You know, not really. And um, okay. I was glad to see that one play because, he, honestly, to that point, he kind of been under – the, the category of players that I thought uh, have been kind of quiet, you know? Yeah. There's that loud boat again. I don't know if you can hear it. Uh, <laughs> they didn't go full. He didn't go full gas that time. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I, I just – I agree with you that he's one of the players that I'm kind of keyed in on in training camp. Like, man, if he could stay healthy, he might be somebody who can actually help a little bit. Um so, but I just – I'm not there quite yet. I did want to address one comment that came through about using Treston Ebner mm-hmm. as a slot wide receiver. I don't necessarily think they'll do that. But I this may have been missed. In, I know I wrote it in my notes, but I'm not sure if it actually got tweeted about or talked about. But Ebner made one of the best catches of the entire offseason the other day. Like going up and making an incredible catch um, – looking like a wide receiver and that's something that we immediately saw on his college film like when yep. the bears drafted him you're going through his film you're like oh this guy has legit i don't know if you'd say like it's not like he's a Tariq cohen like route runner but when it comes to actual body control and high pointing the football like that part of being a wide receiver he has that so you know to play him in the slot he'd have to have that type of Tariq Cohen route running ability and I don't know that he has that necessarily but in terms of a running back out of the backfield putting him in the slot maybe occasionally I do think they're going to find ways to use him here and there because you can't just waste that Uh, it's legitimate receiving ability yeah no like if he can keep showing those flashes like that's only going to increase his odds and chances of being on you know active on game days as well as getting you know a share of the snaps there as well i know he played receiver in high school and obviously that's helping him a a little bit and that's what allowed him to thrive in college as well but it's one thing to be a receiver in high school and running the nfl route tree Uh, i think that's part of what you're getting there at Adam as well. So maybe Ebner would be a guy to classify for my next question, but maybe not. I'm going to ask it anyway. Is there a player that 
you know, many, including us here on the show, that maybe at this stage we haven't been talking about a lot, but maybe based off what you've seen could surprise and turn some heads in training camp? Good question. Um, I mean, I, I think the obvious one from like maybe a week ago would have been Braxton Jones. Like, hey, right. oh, okay, here he is starting left tackle. Um, and I also don't necessarily want to repeat myself with some of the stuff that I said the other day about Carson Taylor, um, but maybe not everybody saw that show. So I'll at least touch on, on him because, you know, when we were watching rookie minicamp, which is always kind of a tough weekend to watch. You got a lot of players running around that are getting a jersey for the weekend that you're never going to see or hear from yeah. ever again. Because remember, you're really, you're really talking about you know, your draft class, your undrafted rookie class, and then everyone else there just to field a practice in, or tryout players. He was one of the tryout players from Northern Arizona. Um, and the, he stood out that weekend and they signed him and I wasn't surprised that they signed him after what we saw, but I am surprised now that he's on the team that you're seeing a heck of a lot of them like every day uh, in these practices. He's very athletic. He looks a little undersized, but he is consistently getting in the backfield, knocking the ball down, um, so he, yeah, that's somebody Carson Taylor that I have my eye on as we talk about the depth, at defensive end, they, they released Jeremiah Tachu the other day. They haven't had Robert Quinn out there. That's opened up opportunities for other players. They might not have Robert Quinn during the season. So I think it's a lot to ask, like somebody signed as a rookie, you know, mini camp tryout to give you a, you know, a t- also to be a star on Sundays. I'm not necessarily predicting that, but to answer your question, like that's somebody who surprised me so far. Yeah, no. And I think that's good to kind of recap it. And that's why I'm asking the question, just in case people did miss some of those yeah. takeaways throughout the week. And you mentioned the lack of, you know, maybe size a little bit. So I guess my takeaway on top of what you were able to share would be, you know, once the pads come on in training camp, yeah. then I think we'll get a really good assessment of like, can this really translate into something more tangible? Because it's one thing to get in the backfield in shorts and shirts compared to actually putting on uh, those pads. So this one, uh, this is just a fun question. I actually go ahead. Well, can I give you one more? Um, Chase Allen, the tight end out of uh, Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State. Yeah, he he also just like kind of looks the part. Like he's out there. He he looks like. He's got the size. He's been – I don't want to say he's necessarily been making plays all over the field, but he just – he kind of looks the part, so that's somebody I want to watch uh, a little bit closer to. And then I still, like, between Jatire Carter uh, and Zachary Thomas, two of the other draft picks on the offensive line, I just feel like one of the two of them is eventually going to get more of an opportunity uh, to prove themselves at that right guard spot. Um, with When Cody Whitehair missed practice the other day – it, it was Thomas who got thrown in there at left guard. And I just thought that that was interesting. So whether yep. it's injuries or just them still not being able to figure out that right guard position, um, you know, the offensive line is going to be really fun to watch, especially when the pads go on with all these young guys. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to watch some of those battles kind of play out uh, just because it's going to be fierce. And I think them knowing that it's as open as it is, is going to allow them to, know play at a real high level and really prove themselves which should make for some good football in training camp 
So I want you to talk some Bears fans off the ledge. So something I saw was just at least in terms of like the vibe check uh, would be with Keller Gordon missing the entire week and people are freaking yeah. out like, eh, like what's going on here? Should we be worried about him long term? Like I'm, I'm personally calm. Like I'm not worried, but I'm seeing it. So I figured to give you an opportunity to kind of talk people off the ledge a bit. Well, I'm calm for two reasons. Um, and I think I mentioned this yesterday, but he was on a bike. Uh, I think a Tuesday saw so him on a bike. And he was riding it like Lance Armstrong, okay? Like, it was not like somebody gingerly trying to work out some muscle uh, that you might see, like, on the sidelines in the middle of the game where he just doesn't look right. So I think that that's, that was encouraging. And then I thought that the way um, Matt Eberflus didn't really want to talk about it, he still had a smile on his face and was like, he's doing great. You know, so it's much different. There's a, I understand the concern I, because Bears fans have been through this so many times. You know, whether it's Kevin White, uh, whether it's Tevin Jenkins last year, whether it's Chris Williams back in the day, like mm-hmm. high uh, draft picks with high expectations, all of a sudden missing practices, you know, in the summer tend to lead the bad things they just do with this franchise. Um, and so I get, I get why fans get antsy about it. And I'll admit as a reporter covering the team too, I am like, uh, that what's going on there? Like the first day of mini camp, rookie mini camp will when Gordon came out with cramps and they were like, but you did you couldn't necessarily tell right away. It was cramps. He was like grabbing his calf. And I'm like, uh Oh, Oh boy, here we go again. Seen this. Like everybody's excited about this kid for a week and then he, you know, gets hurt in the front. So I get the angst, but I, the vibe I get early is that he should be fine. He should be out there um, in training camp. But once training camp comes around, things get tougher. Injuries happen, pads are on. So I think it's at least fair to be like, all right, can he stay? Is he going to be somebody who's kind of dealing with nagging injuries, staying healthy? Because on the flip side, Jaquan Brisker's been out there every day and just looks like a surefire stud, you know, first-team guy immediately and doesn't seem to have any issues. So from that standpoint, you'd much rather see it that way. But I also say this. When Kyler Gordon was out there, he sure looked the part too. Like he looked like he was definitely going to be a starter. I saw a comment here from Philosophy1990, a big fan of our show for a very long time, really good guy, just wondered if Kyler signed his contract yet, and if not, maybe that's a part of it too. I don't think he has yet, has he? I don't think so either, no. Um, Typically, though, that doesn't become an issue at training camp. Like when Roquan Smith a few years ago didn't sign, and then he missed a bunch of training camp. Yep. So, Because I think there's some protections in OTAs. But I'll I'll, uh, I'll check on more of that. But I think that that's a fair question. I just maybe that's it. But yeah, I don't know. If he is dealing with anything minor, again, it was like high ninety degrees. They, they practice with a ton of intensity. Like there's no reason to put him in any further harm's way. But I know we've been going on this segment for uh, about an appropriate amount of time. I just got one last question. Mm-hmm. If you had to boil it all down, Adam, for anyone who missed this week, what's the one thing they should know? Like top and all like the top takeaway hands down yeah i i think it's probably something that's not talked about enough but i really feel strongly that matt eberflus is getting the buy-in 
and that is very, very important. I think that also goes to sort of going full circle with this conversation in this podcast today. The criticism of the Bears, you know, when you have new coaches, typically you either see a team overachieve right away because that when you get the buy-in and there's not a lot of nonsense – and there's all the reasons that went into 2018, obviously, for the Bears season, namely the defense and Vic Fangio and all that. But, you know, Nagy still had that early, even dissipated, obviously, late. You know, there's no question that that, that coaching change was at the right time to get the Bears to look better the following year. Now, none of us are predicting the 12-4 and four season, but I do think between that scenario and then the other the other scenario that also happens a lot in the nfl you get a disastrous coaching switch over right i'm talking about urban meyer last year with the jaguars (laughs) you know you know what i mean like where it just you kind of get the vibe very 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 early that this isn't working that the players are not buying it um and i so that's where i go back to say i think this is very very important and I think that it's a very encouraging thing that there have been no complaints. There have been – they've been practicing hard. They've maintained that. These were more, more of – not that I have, uh, you know, distinct memories of every single offseason practice I've ever watched, but usually they tend to be boring. And usually they tend to not be memorable. And these ones were relatively entertaining. I, I will say that, even if the offense didn't look great at times – they were fun practices to watch. So I just think that that's a very important thing going into training camp that it sure seems to me like Matt Eberflus is getting that buy-in, which is not something that's guaranteed. Man, I'm happy I asked that question because that has me grinning just kind of <laughs> hearing that because I, I've said it in the show before, from my perspective, I'm feeling that, but no. you're in there, you're at practice, you're in the building, so you have a much more intimate, I guess, feel for it. And I'm glad that if it's trickling down to me all the way over here, then it must be real and tangible. And that excites me. Uh, I well, can't lie. That really does. And I want to address real quick that comment that was just up, though, that it, he's getting the buy-in because there's no veterans. That's a fair point that this is a very young team. And there's a lot of just new players in there that, like, maybe have, you know, okay, this is the coach we have. You know, what, what else am I going to do? But I would challenge you to think about that a little bit. Um, harder because there's still guys like Roquan Smith who seems to be loving this defense like and how it could really benefit him in his career. There's guys like Eddie Jackson who at least has said all the right things um, and you know he could have like held out and been like yeah I'm not for this I'm not you know I, I don't sense from guys like that, or even on the offensive side, like Cody Whitehair, not that Cody Whitehair is ever going to cause a stink about anything, <laughs> but, you know, you, you're, you're not feeling that. And then, you know, if you consider Cole Komet a veteran at this point, I, I, he seems to be happy with the offense, you know, and, and um, most importantly, even though Justin Fields is only in his second year, you know, that buy-in seems to be real. And that's probably the most important team player on the entire team. So yep. I think it's a fair point that this new regime is entering into sort of an advantageous position because there's not a whole lot of veterans that have been here for a long time that are going to give you that pushback. But at the same time, I do think there are examples of key veterans on this team that 
are part of that buy-in that we're seeing. Yeah, I remember with Trustman, right? Like some of those Lovey's guys and same thing early on when uh, Ryan Pace got here too and John Fox, like they had to let some of them go. So not having that kind of situation does expedite this just a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right, should uh, tell you about PointsBet one more time. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. Uh, not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but you, if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive that free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our great content from this week at minicamp, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. We will help you out. And online sign-up, again, is available in Illinois. Download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish, and you will be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever, and you can start living your bet life in seconds. What are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Will, we have some players we need to fly through here. Uh, yes, we do. Um, typically, we'd only go 45 minutes. We are already at that point, but we have a lot to catch up on, so that's okay. Um, you have a bunch of player previews that uh, we'll have you talk about from this week, but first, we were going to get back to doing my grades, uh, which we have been doing up until minicamp this week. So we'll continue that. And today, work from the bottom back up towards the top. We have Duke Shelley, cornerback, um, who actually, I don't know, this might actually surprise me, who ended up not as a reverse uh, reserve special team level, but actually uh, into that fringe starter area. You know, Duke from here to the, from time to time actually makes some plays on the ball, maybe more than he gets credit for. Um, but I think really the problem is he, in three years, he has not been able to seize that nickel back spot. So, um, you know, he is a solid special teamer, but when you only have four passes defended in 30 games over three seasons, I think that puts you in a, a tough spot with a new regime. And he was one of the players we talked about this week who just really – I don't know. I haven't noticed him a lot in the offseason. So I don't know that he's a lock to make the roster at this point. Um, he'll come in and make a tackle here and there, but not sure where you are on Duke Shelley, Will. But I think that um, this isn't all that surprising that he's at this spot as we look at the grades from last season. You're telling me you and Nick didn't break down my entire Duke Shelley preview article weeks back. I think it was one of my very first ones. But yeah, I think we probably did. It just feels like a lifetime ago. But yeah, it's yeah. Not with you, like, I'm surprised you put friend starter. It's, I know he technically started, you know, about a handful of games last season. I think three of his past deflections came last year, too, out of the four for his entire career. But what I didn't like last year was just a high reception percentage when targeted. It was like 76%. He allowed over yeah. 300 yards after the catch. So it's not just allowing the catch. It's allowing things to happen after the fact and you know we know he has athleticism we know he has a little bit of the quickness to play in the slot just he hasn't been able to put it all together and position himself well I, I think uh, to really succeed here in this league my prediction was he doesn't make the final 53-man roster we'll see how that ends up shaking out but yeah I think there's a reason why the Bears brought in uh, Tavon Young why Thomas Graham's getting some looks uh, as well as the nickel corner spot they just feel like most likely, like they need to move on from Duke there. 
All right. Um, you have some player previews as well to get to. Um, I do. We can at least do a couple. We could also save some for next week, too. Cause, That's what I was thinking, because uh, I have yeah. a couple coming out this weekend. I was like, may as well save those. But I did have two. One came out yesterday. The other came out today. I wanted to highlight. So the first one real quickly would be Angelo Blackson. Uh, every guy I want to talk about today is on the defensive line, but he's coming off his season uh, with multiple career highs, 43 tackles, nine quarterback hits were the best of his career last season. He led the Bears with 28 defensive stops, according to PFF. Uh, my question for him that I put in my preview is, can he follow up that career best season all while learning a new defense and having slightly different responsibilities in it? To me, I think that's the biggest question for him. Uh, the Bears are going to need him to play. You know, Black's in a bigger role with the departure of key guys, Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman. There's just not the same amount of bodies that were there uh, a year ago, even though we know Goldman wasn't himself and Akeem Hicks wasn't on the field as much either. But regardless, entering the season, expectations are higher for a player that turns 30 this season. He's on a contract year. Uh, luckily, even though he's a little bit older now, he is durable. He's only missed one game since the start of the 2018 season. And what I appreciated from Angelo Blackson last year was his high motor. He always played with high intensity. He was on the field. And I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch, Adam, in this defense that does put the focus on hustle and intensity. If he buys in, yeah, he should be able to make this transition and also succeed for his second straight year in Chicago. I'm uh, I've cautiously optimistic uh, with some higher hopes for him this season. But that's kind of where I'm at on Angelo Blackson right now. Yeah, I like Angelo Blackson. I, I was one of the signings I pegged last year that I liked going into last season. Um, and I thought he delivered. So, and I mm -hmm. think for a lot of the reasons you just laid out, it could be a just fine transition to this defense for him too. He sort of has some of that versatility that you need um, and has already played in multiple spots. Uh, you know, it's kind of as a, as a reserve type player, you succeed by being able to play in different spots and being able to back up different spots. So that is encouraging. The one thing I always worry about though, with players like this sometimes, if he's now got to be the guy, if he's got to, like, basically fill Akeem Hicks' shoes on that defensive line, uh, he's probably not going to do that. So, now, he got a good start last year, though, because, you know, Hicks would miss games and those guys would have to step up. Um, so, sometimes I worry when guys get put in, all of a sudden now you're playing most of the game as opposed to, like, half the game or something like that. Um, it, you, you tend to get exposed a little bit more when that happens. Yeah, I know he played over 400 snaps the last three years each season, so he's used to being out there a decent yep. clip, but if that does jump up to 500-plus, then you're right. Maybe you'll see a little bit of – I'll use the word regression. I don't really want to right now, but, yeah, with you, if he does have to be a Keem Hicks level, I wouldn't want to put those expectations on him. I didn't in my preview. Uh, if anyone's going to have to have those expectations placed on him, unfortunately, it may have to be Justin Jones when you just look at what they've been able to kind of bring on – to this defense and what they're looking to build around. Uh, let's get to my other preview real quick, and that was on Mario Edwards Jr. And if you go back a couple of years ago in 2020, he did have a career-high four sacks and six tackles for the Bears. And then last season, he started with the two-game suspension, came back, had a two-sack game against the Browns, and kind of fell off from there. Uh, unfortunately, only eight combined tackles for the entire season. Uh, the advanced stat to know in this article uh, is an unfortunate one, but Edwards, he missed 28.6% of his 
tackle attempts last year, which was the highest of all defensive linemen in the NFL who played at least 200 snaps. And that was according to PFF. And when you look at Mario Edwards, again, my biggest question is, can he be a consistent piece of the defensive line rotation? Because we've seen his capabilities that we have seen the flashes, but then he goes into those droughts and they're just too far and in between uh, for me. And I know last year, a big thing that I think the only thing fans remember from him last year were those personal foul issues. He had multiple yeah. roughing, he had a mall roughing the passer, a couple actual like on sportsman likes and just big critical 15 yard penalties that you really can't have. And if he's still struggling with those, and I saw one of Nick's notes this week that he did kind of get a little bit of scrummage uh, inside of practice this week, went off the field for the next play. But if he has those personal foul issues and he doesn't live up to the S in those hits principles, which is smarts. He's not going to see the field a ton here, but he is someone that can get after the passer. He can be a backup at the three tech, someone that can penetrate the backfield. Just has to clean up the tackling issues. And I'm honestly, probably more of the, the control factor with those personal fouls. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a great sign that you see him in the middle of a scrap in practice already. Yeah. Although those do happen. Um, so... Just one for right now. Uh, we'll see, though, if those add up during training camp when things get a little bit hotter and, and feistier with the, with the pads on. And uh, certainly something to watch in August. All right, Will, great stuff, man. Appreciate it today. Um, really good conversation. Good having you back. Um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, go ahead. We got a super chat I want us to get hey. to before we uh, left from Enrique. It says, how big of a super chat gets a listener a question asked in an actual press conference? Go mm. Bears, go Wolfpack, and also who wants to play Madden on PF, PS5. I have the beta for 23, by the way. Bears roster sucks. The oh. line is terrible. But anyway. Adam, what do you think? Wow, wow, wow. Um, well, we it depends on if the question is legit or not. Yeah, is it a clown question? That. Because I'm not going <laughs> to – clown question. Yeah, we, let's not go there again because we had some things <laughs> taken terribly out of context this week. Yeah. Uh, and – uh, unbelievable but um if it's a legitimate question we did that this week we had a question that uh, listeners wanted to ask and i right. finally got it in there because i finally remembered to do it um so if it's a legit question i'd say your five dollars gets it done as long as it's a good question now if it's a clown like ridiculous question you know i could maybe still be bought out for like a grand something like that <laughs> we'll make kidding. nick ask it if it's a clown question there we go <laughs> There we go. Um, but, yeah, appreciate Enrique. And, yeah, go Wolfpack. Appreciate it. Um, and one last thing. Uh, okay. Here you go. Uh, we're on a boat. On a boat. We are on a there boat. There we go. That, that is a great song. Yeah. I just That's thought, good. you know, since you're up at the lake there. Not I currently T-Pain, on a boat. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear the new Eminem single? No. I have not. It's um, – it's with CeeLo Green, which at first you're like, oh, okay. okay. Uh, it's actually on the El- the new Elvis movie soundtrack. And it's like, yeah. it's got like Elvis, it's called The King and I. So it's about, it's kind of about Elvis. And you just got to listen to it. it. If you're combining Eminem and Elvis, it's actually a pretty good song. I like okay. it. I I'll give it, it like a look. An hour ago. Yeah. Oh, mom's spaghetti. One last one? thing. Devin's comment <laughs> made me laugh. Boats yeah, and hoags. I also, yeah. I was about to put that up. That's great. Boats <laughs> and hoags. That's where I, like I should have You that. have to have that in your house, man. You got to get a sign that says that. That would be a good boat name, by the way. 
It would be. Like, I, I'm really I, bad at naming things like that. That's why. Slugs. That's a great boat name. But that would be a good, that would be a good boat name. I'm an Elvis. Name by the okay, I'm an Elvis. I like that. I'm an Elvis. Wow, you guys are way more creative than yeah. I am. That is one of my life weaknesses that I like. That's that's why the Hogan Johns podcast is called Hogan Johns People because like I don't I cannot name things like it was hard enough naming my children. So yeah. this is why we have you people here. This is great. I love that creativity. Well, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, happy Father's Day uh, early to both ah, yeah. of you, gentlemen. Hey, you, you too, well, man. See you, Dad. Yep. I right. should tease. Uh, we have we've been joking about doing dad pods. We're not actually going to do full dad pods, mm. but we have a we're going to do. I think we're going to do a social media segment, dad pod. And good news for you, Will, because you're planning on being in studio Monday, correctly? Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Uh, correctly, um, I believe we're going to do it Monday, so you can you can Sweet. be there for it. Yeah, bring my dad bod for my dad pod. Let's go. I'm not. There I'm not go. gonna. I'm not gonna give away the topic. It's a Kevin Kada created, but it's a pretty good one. It's All right, one. I look forward to that. So. Me too. Teasing the dad pod. Also letting you know, check out allchgo.com for all of our coverage from the week. My Bears things column still coming for you. Um, and all of Will's player previews up there are unlocked for you, whether you have a yep. membership or not. But please check them out if you like them. Sign up for the membership. It's a great deal. Uh, of course, you can do it through PointsBet, too, with the code CHGO and get all signed up and basically pays for itself then. We appreciate everybody watching this week. It was a fun week with Bears minicamp. Um, we are going to tease, I'm going to tease this too. Starting next week, we're going to start going through the schedule, opponent previews. So week one, 49ers Monday, we'll start to do it. We'll talk to you then. Will's in studio. Talk to you then. See you.